Nation, authors, coaches, speakers. Three, two, one. Amplify your mission. Access training. AYMission.com. And here is your host. He's a best selling author, TEDx speaker, and was even named one of the top 10 dads in podcasting by Podcast Magazine. Please help me welcome to the stage, Adam Lewis Walker. Okay, this week on the podcast, we have Paul Gowan on the line. He's the founder of the Take Command Project. He's a combat veteran turned executive coach. And we're going to talk about how to take command of your life, relationship, and business in that order every time. Excited to jump into this one. Paul, are you ready to amplify your mission today? I am so excited. Awesome. That was quite a brief introduction. Um, it's got me hooked. Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight? What are you all about? I like to help people take command from a foundational perspective so that way they can build upon that foundation, whatever success that they're looking for in their relationships, in their business, in their hobbies, in their retirement, whatever it is that they are wanting to accomplish, they can do so with that strong personal foundation. Awesome. And uh, touching your origins, where are you originally from? Where are you speaking to us from today? And uh, you know, how do you get yeah. to this point? Yeah. I grew up in Eastern Montana. So by my figures, I'm about half the state's population that's speaking with you right now. <laughs> I now am in Tempe, Arizona, en route to Maryland uh, to go out there and work for a few years and then uh, get a sailboat and go sail around the world for a few years. Oh, nice. Yeah. How long has that been on the plans? Uh, since shortly I got out of, out of the Marine Corps about six years ago. Uh, originally it started as I wanted to run away from society. Uh, get on a sailboat, go head out to the South Pacific, just forage off some of those islands and everything. Now I want to use that as a green way to go around the world, go visit the amazing people on this planet, and then work through some communication techniques that's part of the Take Command project for here's how we can have conversations that don't result in conflict, like combat. You're going to have some conflict in the verbal, but we can use our language to de-escalate the conflict and not go to combat. Uh, and that's a, a real big focus of mine to go around the world, talk with these veterans and their families, uh, as well as just go see this world. It's just so beautiful, the, the yeah. places that I've been. I want to go hit every country and uh, take my message on the Or is that something that's got to be done first in terms of learning to sell? To I have a learner's permit. <laughs> Good. I, I, I have a certification, but it would be kind of like if you had your car learner's permit, you'd be able to like drive in the Walmart parking lot. That's, that's the equivalent of what I have for a sailboat license right now. So there's a lot of learning, uh, but that's part of the move to Maryland. Uh, the sailing opportunities are going to be right there. It's going to be huge. So I can hone my skills before we set sail around the world. And the military, was that something you always thought you was going to go into? How did that come about and, and kind of how was that experience? It, uh, I came in during the peacetime. So I enlisted in 2000. It, was one of those pieces that called to me throughout my life. Uh, my grandfather served in the military and I wanted to fulfill that family tradition, but there was also some trauma that I faced as a kid. And I figured that the, the military would help me be bigger, better, faster, stronger, so I wouldn't get hurt again. And when you're running from your past by trying to compensate with something else, the past keeps catching up. It's like it's your shadow. And the only way to really resolve that is to turn around and face it. And that's what I've been focused on the last few years. But the military was both this patriotic calling. It was a way to get some money to go back to school because I'd gone to college for a couple of years, but 
I wasn't structured. I, I was still running from my past, alcohol, girls. Uh, I, I was in heaven while the inside of me was just crumbling. And then in the military, I had some amazing opportunities, but alcohol, very obsessed with alcohol, mm. uh, drinking games, setting high scores, drinking people under the table. And that took the, the trauma and everything else and just derailed it. So that personal foundation that I talk about within the Take Command Project, mine was in shambles. And it was because I had taken like a jackhammer and just eroded my personal foundation through lack of sleep, poor nutrition, alcoholism. And it was this process in these last several years, uh, post-military, to figure out how do we really set that foundation again? How do we pour a, a more stable foundation that can support what it is that I want to go do in the world? And then I noticed that there's a pattern to it. So here, let, let's, let's train this so that people can move beyond a lot of this empowerment work that's out there right now. I'm not a big fan of when people show up and say, I'm here to empower you. I, I, I empower women. I empower executives. Okay. I wanted to move beyond that. I wanted to move beyond confidence and courage. And that's where I came up with the concept of take command. It's a concept in the military. And it's really helped me out bringing that aspect of my military service to my clients and students. And you mentioned you got into the military in sort of peace times in the you know, 2000s. Quite quickly after that, it definitely wasn't peace times. Right. Um, when, when was a period, and you said obviously alcoholism and yeah. really had to, you know, awaken your alpha, really personally take command. It was probably a, a low point in your life and a real struggle at the time. Is there any moments like that? Oh, several. Uh, so part of my journey was separating from my family. Three children. Um, my youngest was uh, just one year old when we separated. And because my former wife is from Okinawa, Japan, she went back to her parents yeah. and that's where they've been for the last 10 years. Oh, that's, yeah, that's tough. So where I wanted to have some space to think through some different things, I also wanted to be uh, vigilant to not break or to break the abuse cycle. Uh, Cause I started being heavy handed with my oldest son and I'm like, this is not right. I, I've got to get help. And I, I made a mistake and sent my kids away and there was some darkness in the, the, the first few months after that. Uh, I remember having a bottle of whiskey and my 45 caliber pistol and I'd take a pull on the whiskey and then I'd put the gun to my mouth and I wouldn't pull that one. And I just, I played this game of like, you only get to pull one. So a slang term for taking a, a, a shot of whiskey yeah. is taking a pull from it. And so I did that uh, and that was a couple months after, after uh, they had left. Uh, but then just the alcoholism just really went rampant. The darkest point was after the military, after that structure, the complete loss of identity. And I held a few jobs. Uh, I got out just about six years ago at the end of this month. And it was in November that I had held a few jobs, quit a few jobs uh, before I got fired. And I was super low, really depressed and planning when, where, how am I gonna kill myself? Do I write notes? Do I write letters? What do I do for my kids? I haven't seen them in like three years. What do I do? And uh, in that space, an old college friend who has become an executive coach and, and, and leadership influencer, I see one of his ads on Facebook. I click on it. I take his course and commit to actually applying the techniques instead of just consuming the information. And that night, there was a, a worksheet 
and it said, you know, what traits do you see for yourself and, and, and whatnot. But then at the bottom, it said, what's your big why? What's your purpose? And I wrote down, I want to be daddy again. And so that, that night, it was November 12th, 2015, uh, that changed everything. Uh, and I've just been building and compounding that growth over the last a little bit over five years now. Uh, and it's, it's coming back. So I know we spoke before. Was, is that Brendan Bouchard? It is. College, yeah. yeah, college. Yeah, it's all coming back now. Remember yeah. We spoke about this. Yeah, college roommate of yours. Yeah. Oh, no, that's very, very cool. If you don't mind me asking, how is that relationship now? You know, you said you want to be daddy and, and that just, that sounds hugely tough. You know, yeah. Relationship is, is good. That distance involved with right. kids growing up. And, and how old are they now? Uh, let's see. My oldest is now, <laughs> it's a little weird because I'm, I'm, I'm detached. So he yeah. is now 16 and then my daughter's 14 and my youngest son is 12. I got all of that right. Yeah. Do you have much of a relationship with them now? Or? We're building it. Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago, my daughter came over and spent a month with my girlfriend and I. Uh, I've been taking annual trips. Uh, I spent February in Okinawa last year. Just before. And I'm so glad I came yeah, in I right before say, all the lockdown. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and how is that for you now in terms of, in some ways, just not knowing when potentially you'd be able to see them again? I know you've obviously been used to long periods, but how, right. uh, just the uncertainty. There, there is the uncertainty and it, and it helped me reassess like what are my preferences and how committed am I to my goals? Being in the military, we didn't have a choice for what immunizations we received. And it really messed with my head one day when, when somebody said, hey, what, what were you guys doing this morning? Oh, we had to go get our flu shots. And he goes, they told you it was a flu shot. Yeah. Game over, done. Because there is, we, we, we know that the soldiers and the service members have been guinea pigs for some of these different experiments uh, for different drugs and stuff like that. So I was completely averse to flu shots, completely averse to getting additional vaccinations. And as all this talk came about the vaccinations and what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to sit this one out. And uh, when I stopped and I thought critically about what will Japan require the second that they will open the doors for travel again. And if it's a vaccination, then my card is going to be laminated. I'm going to have it in a nice little frame. I'm going to put like a nice little message in Japanese at the bottom that says, Hey, I got a vaccination because I'm going to see my kids. And it really challenged me of that preference of staying away from something like this. If this vaccine kills me, okay, I got to see my kids again before I die. I'm good at that point. Uh, and, I, and who knows with the different super shots that I had while in the military, I might be immune to COVID already. <laughs> super so who knows? Yeah. Right, right. So, I mean, when was the thoughts of starting to get out of the military as well? I mean, did you ever think this could be it? And obviously some people go in and out and that's their career. Or, or how early on were their thoughts of this isn't going to work for me long term? Oh, my gosh. Well, so I spent 15 years in the military. But at about month six, I started questioning so some of my decisions. For a lot of people, they're going to, you know, go the whole. The, right, the whole right. Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I grew very frustrated because of this concept of if you act like adults, then you'll be treated like adults. But I had just spent two years in college and that wasn't the cause and effect relationship of which the Marine Corps was receiving me. It was, you are an adult, we're gonna treat you like an adult. And that means there's adult consequences. So there were some of these just essential, cohesive lessons to be learned because it's not about you personally acting like an adult. It's all of you cumulatively guarding your behavior to deliver a result. 
So six months in, I, I started getting a little bent out of shape and just saying, what do you mean I can't drive? What do you mean I can't go out at, at 4.30 and go do my own thing? Well, it's a different environment. As things progressed, I had some amazing ups. I had a very atypical career with access to general officers throughout my entire career. And that hyper, hyper, hyper unique. And that gave me that, that background for how can I work with executives and working with some of these general officers. The, the breaking point for me was as a Mustang officer. So I started off enlisted and then I accepted a commission to be a full unrestricted officer. And I was in Afghanistan and my what job was people. What does that mean exactly? Uh, there's a lot of different flavors of officers. So there's like the doctors and the chaplains and the nurses. Those are all officers, but those are restricted line officers. So they are capped on the, the full authority that they could possibly have. Like they won't be a four-star general. They won't be a four-star admiral. So being an unrestricted line officer granted me specific authorities from Congress on behalf of the president that I, I had authority in situations, even if I didn't have the rank. The Talk Accelerator. Increase your income, influence, and impact. Do you want to do a TEDx talk? If the answer to that is yes in any way, shape, or form, or it perks your interest, head over to talkaccelerator.com. That's talkxcelerator.com. It's got all the information on how you can get a TEDx talk and why potentially you might do and the impact it can have on you and your message. If you go there as well for a limited time, you can click on the green button at several places on the page and schedule in your own idea clarity call where we can talk through your potential idea worth sharing and what makes a great idea worth sharing. The TEDx platform is a great way to enhance everything you do and amplify your message. If you have any interest in that, go across to talkaccelerator.com. That's talkaccelerator.com. If you've got a message, if you've got a mission, it's time to amplify that message and increase your influence, income, and impact. I hope to speak to you very soon. Enjoy the show. So the, the thought experiment is if the, the dentist, who's like a, 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 a Navy captain, so an 06 is in a lifeboat, and so am I as an 01, a second lieutenant. He outranks me. I'm in command because I'm a line officer. Ooh. So it, it, it gets into a lot of different yeah. protocol and sources of authority and a bunch of other stuff. But the, the, the major piece is going from en enlisted work to officer is more of a management and strategic planning role. Yeah. About 1% of the Marine Corps are Mustangs. So I was really fortunate and had some great development some of that was also that anxiety of working with my past trauma of you tell me what you want me to say. Okay. I can do that. I can regurgitate. I can be a trained uh, monkey. You want me to, to, to smash the symbols and, and memorize a certain thing. Okay. I can do that. But to really inculcate some of those lessons into my soul, I was falling short. Yeah. Uh, and when I got to Afghanistan as a personnel officer, my job was kind of like HR. And I noticed that we had six different flavors of ice cream in the chow hall. We had internet in the, the barracks over there. And as I was waiting in line for chow, people would be complaining about the speed of the Wi-Fi internet in their room in a combat zone. Yeah. And that just, to me, I didn't understand how that became a priority. Like caring for our troops, I, I, I think it can fall very short of high-speed internet, yeah. uh, six flavors of, flavors of ice cream. 
there was a Harley Davidson on the pallet with a Harley Davidson salesman in country Whoa. to schlep these products to these Marines and so soldiers and sailors and airmen. We had Coast Guardsmen there. It, it was a money scheme. So that just like, it, it broke my mind because what I, what I saw us doing there in 2013, what I see us continuing to do overseas, it might be legal because we write our own laws, but it is wrong. And so I started speaking out about, we must downsize. If we have enough time to complain about the six flavors of ice cream in a chow hall, if we have enough time to complain about the Wi-Fi, if we have enough time for some of these senior ranking people to be going around, uh, there was a time that uh, super cold in Afghanistan in January, uh, massive wind chill, and one of these senior Marines corrected a, a group of Marines to not wear a stocking cap. You had to wear like the, the ball cap looking thing because he wasn't cold enough for them to be wearing a stocking cap. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I'm not in a combat zone. I'm in like this refined, ulterior, like dysutopian society that says we're in a combat zone, but we're living like we're back home. And it just, it blew my mind. So I started speaking out, coming up with a plan. Um, my boss shut me down. I ended up getting fired from her section put into another section and had that key conversation. Have you ever had that, 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 like you stumble into that key conversation and that was the one that made the difference because in that conversation, I was able to present my plan to the senior officer and say, look, we can downsize responsibly, safely, and we can do it in the next six weeks. And four weeks later, I was leading opening remarks for how we were gonna downsize in Afghanistan. So I was able to accomplish this really great feat that it, it doesn't happen, that was, international ramifications because if America's going to downsize, Britain's going to downsize, Georgia's going to downsize, uh, all of these other countries that we had over there, they're all going to downsize. So it's massive. So when I get done with that, I'm like, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. My patriotism was called into question. My loyalty was called into question, accused of uh, collusion with the enemy because why else would a Marine want to downsize the force? Oh my God. And so when I got home, I was completely disenfranchised with the Marine Corps. I had lost faith in our country uh, because people were more obsessed about who should be fired because the lights went out at the Super Bowl than, than what we were doing in Afghanistan or even Iraq or any of the other missions around the world. So where I had an alcohol problem before I deployed, it went full tilt. I missed my kids. I knew I had to get out of the Marine Corps. I knew that I had to do something to get my mind right because Afghanistan like stirred the pot of trauma from being a kid. And then there was some other stuff that was a little traumatic uh, in Afghanistan. So I drank and I ate uh, those emotions until I ballooned up to 255 pounds. I'm talking with you today at about 200. So I was, I, I just, I got drunk until I was drunk 24 seven. I got fat uh, and I got out. And that just did not set me up for success for now what? And again, it was this pattern of like running away from my past instead of calling these senior officers account on the carpet for what they did and what they advocated to do in, in country and to bring additional, if not charges, additional accountability to some of their decisions in country. And I, I didn't do that. Uh, I got lost. So when you come out and, and in your own life and talk about the principles applied for, for any of us, how, how do you really feel like you take command of your life and you, you talk in, in specifically in that order the life, right. relationship, and business. Absolutely. And in the military, there was this concept that the mission comes first, and then you take care of the Marines 
but that's like a, a Michael Phelps finish. Like the number one priority is so far beyond number one that number two can get displaced pretty significantly. Uh, case in point, that senior Marine uh, talking about he wasn't cold enough for us to be wearing stocking caps. What? So that, that mission comes first. So when you take a look at that, that makes sense in the military and some of the, the military trainers that are out there, some of the veterans are out there, they're like mission, 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 and then you take care of the team. But then what about you? And I took that to an unhealthy level. I, I got the job done. I got a job done that nobody was asking me to do. Like, let's downsize the force, taking care of the Marines, but then I did not take care of myself. So when we, when we flip that model on its head and you take care of yourself through proper sleep, proper exercise, proper nutrition, proper hydration, proper words in your language to, to steer your mindset to this positive thinking place. When you take the time to build that first, then you show up as an even better version of yourself in your relationships. When you do that in relationships that lead to systems that monetize, well, that's called business. And we see in business all too often that the failings in corporations and companies is not necessarily the systems. It was the people working the systems. So if we can go to that, that first principle and really develop the person within any company, within any corporation, then that person is going to grow, their relationships are going to grow, and their impact to the business is going to grow. And if you do it in that order every time, then that time that you do need to sprint to get the product across the finish line or stay a little bit late for the sales meeting, the structure can support it because you've stayed in that order every time. So when there is an exception, it is truly an exception and it doesn't become I say that's the key thing that it is an exception and it doesn't become right. for a lot of times that becomes the norm. There's always right. something, always a reason to stay later, go harder and just, it's, you know, it's so true stuff to the side. Yeah. Right. Right. So when you do that, you build that solid foundation. And the other thing that happens is these walls that people put up, well, the wall has got to be built out of something and it's the shambles of your own personal foundation. So when you learn to take down the walls, uh, like for me, one of the big walls was, having my back to a wall and making sure I could see all of the exits and watching all the people. That was a huge wall because I didn't trust. I was scared. Mm. So as I dismantled that wall, I was able to reinforce my personal foundation. I was able to trust another level. I was able to show up in those spaces in a different level, have relationships at another level. And that's helped me create a business that's international. What do you think are some key markers if someone's listed this and they may be, you know, they may have done, you know, really well like you in a certain career, right? They're just, they, they've got an inkling that something's off. Like from the outside, it's like right. society, people, they should be happy or, you know, they've done well. Right. They should, you know, this should potentially continue with what they're doing, but they feel like something's not, not right. Right. To, to go with the, the theme of, of you and your brand, an alpha doesn't do what an alpha should do. An alpha does what an alpha wants to do or what they see as to be the best service. There's not this overarching should. Uh, there, there's a slang phrase of like, you don't shit on me, you know, thinking <laughs> it, it might stand for what's the rating of the show. You know, it, 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 you could, you could figure that one out. Yeah. Right. And so you don't operate from a place of should you operate from a place of want. You operate from, uh, operate from a place of commitment, willingness, consent, that if you are not experiencing that in your workplace, and this doesn't mean you get it your way all the time. It's not Burger King your way right away. It means that you are in command of yourself. And if you are starting to feel like, well, I should have a promotion right now. No. Have you earned it? 
Have you laid out the path? Have you found a mentor? Have you, well, I shouldn't have to come to work in a, in a sport coat and a tie. Well, you signed up for that when you came on with this company. So if you're thinking that you should or should not do anything, see if you can rephrase it. And the key is say this out loud. This is a gap that I'm seeing in a lot of literature is the power of the voice, the power of your words. A lot of it's around the mind. But for us mere mortals that might not have the power of positive thinking, you have the power of your language, the mm. oldest of human tools. It's what allowed com compounding of cognitive growth from one generation to the next. What we're doing right here, sharing these ideas. When you say these things out loud, feel what it feels like in your body. Learn the difference between a squirm that's challenging you and a squirm that says, this is overdue. This is rotten. You need to move on. Love it. And we're going to move into the alpha round now and okay. talking about words aloud. Is there a particular quote, the sort of one you might have up in your office or just uh, an all-time favorite, really sums up your approach to life? Do any spring to mind? If they don't, they don't. Oh my gosh. I mean, like about a thousand just sprang to mind, but the, the one that really guides me is from Viktor Frankl. Oh, Holocaust that's Survivor. That's literally my favorite book. Yeah. Oh, and Answers for me? me? Yeah. 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 Awesome book. Because... In, in, in that book, he said, the last of human freedoms is to choose one's attitude regardless of circumstance. I don't like to compare trauma. When, when people come up and they see me and my service dog and they know that I'm a, a Marine veteran, a combat veteran, they're like, oh, I've got trauma too. It's nothing like what you faced. And I'm like, no, 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 trauma doesn't work that way. Mm. There is this traumatic event called the Holocaust that is a, a bit of a marker for me of comparison. Yeah. Am I facing anything even near the realm of the Holocaust? No. Okay. Then fix your attitude, dude. That's just, <laughs> if Victor Frankl can role model how to fix your attitude in the middle of a death camp, then I can do it here in Tempe. I can do it in Baltimore. I can do it on my boat going around the world. Uh, that is, that is the top quote I would say. I don't want to assume, but rolling into the, the next bit, is there any particular books that have been very impactful for you? Or just one like you'd like to recommend? The, the one man search for meaning. Oh there. God! Yeah. The one that I'm recommending to every single person. I will recommend this to. Uh, I recommended this to a doctor at the VA the other day. Uh, it's called "Never Split the Difference" by Chris Voss. Oh. He's the former lead international hostage negotiator for the FBI, and he's the only other person I've seen have. Here's these specific language patterns or lingu linguistic frameworks, and you will get a predictable result because of neuroscience. Uh, the Take Command Project does a lot of work with that. You say these specific words and it will trigger different things in your brain so you can get a different result. And Voss does such a fabulous job of emphasizing here is this very, very simple process of which most people will overlook because of its simplicity. It's super simple because in moments of acute stress, we're negotiating for people's lives. It works. So he now teaches negotiation techniques to companies and he frames a negotiation of any time somebody says, I want or I need, you're now in a negotiation. So yeah, never split the difference. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Awesome. And from your network, um, is there anyone you think, having gone through the bulk of the interview now, would be a great interview for Awaken Your Alpha? Your recommendation? Oh, I've got a few. Yeah. Do you I want their names might. right now? Or do you want yeah, me to I mean, email is, you? Is there one that, actually, you can give me the full load, you know, if, um, but if there's, if there's one that just jumps, you think, oh, that's, that would be someone who would be a great interview. Is it alpha males, alpha females? Are we good for either? It can or... be both, as long as it's a fit for the show. Yeah, it can be both. Okay. I think the number one recommendation I have for you 
It's my main man, Derek Mitchell, up in Kalispell, Montana. So between the two of us, we really are half the state's population. <laughs> uh, he's somebody that I met at a Burchard event a few years ago, and we have kept in contact. But then about four months ago, we decided to link up and see what we could do to help each other out as strategic growth partners. Mm. And I'll tell you what, it is, you ever seen one of those jets that can like climb straight up because of the power? <laughs> I always that's where we're at. Yeah, Harrier jump jet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that. That's, that's where we're at right now. So I would, I would say definitely he's got some amazing what he, knowledge. What is, he, what is he up to? What does he, what does he get into then? He's a graphic designer. Oh. So we go live, uh, we created the show to help his audience because he's got uh, 20 something thousand students around the world that he's grown through platforms like Skillshare and Udemy. And so all of these graphic designers are struggling with the same thing that CEOs do. How do I have more confidence? What's going on with imposter syndrome? How am I productive when I don't feel like getting up off the couch? Cause Netflix is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if I run out of Netflix, I've got Amazon prime. I've got Disney plus I've got YouTube. I've got who I've got. And, and so what do you do to get your butt off the couch and back in service? And, uh, yeah, we, we go live and, and he hits some stuff from a little bit of the technical business leader perspective, mentoring and developing. And then I hit stuff from that personal development, leadership development. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's been a really great series of shows. We've been doing it for about a month and a half now. Awesome. But yeah, I'd love to provide that introduction. Brilliant. And um, if people want to continue the conversation with you, what's the best way they can connect and follow up? PaulGowan.com and connecting with me on LinkedIn. I'm the one and only Paul Gowan, G-O-W-I-N. Awesome. And just in sort of wrapping things up, is when it comes to taking command, is there anything you feel you really want to get across that we haven't quite covered? Obviously, it's a you know, yeah. half-hour show. You really just right. want to leave the listeners with. Take command is not about being in control of everything around you. As I was struggling with that piece of, I must have everything else be in order, I was failing the opportunity to control myself. And that's what taking command is. The only thing that you have control over is to choose your attitude regardless of circumstance or any other skill that you would like to develop. So taking command is not about being in control. It's about bringing the best version of you that is improving to your relationships and to your business. Awesome, great way to end the show. Thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure. Make sure to join our Amplifying Your Mission community on Facebook. Thank you for your cooperation. All right. Have a great week. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. System shutdown. Three, two, one.